the NFL Draft. The Arizona Cardinals select Kyler Murray, quarterback, Oklahoma. This is where I wanted to be, um, so you know, I'm glad to be a Cardinal, and I, I can't wait to go. I'm more motivated now than ever. Uh, it's a bigger chip on my shoulder. The league done messed up. With the sixth pick in the 2019 NFL Draft, the New York Giants select Daniel Jones. He walked out there, and I saw a professional quarterback, so that's when... I was in full bloom love. The 2019 NFL Draft is in the books, folks. TSN 4 Downs NFL Draft Recap Show here on TSN 1050 Toronto. I'm Andy McNamara. What a wild three days it was out of Nashville. There are storylines galore. There is so much to get to. I'm with you for the next hour here on TSN 1050, tsn1050.ca, the iHeartRadio app. You can also watch live now on Twitch and chat, twitch.tv slash Live. Follow and subscribe there. Uh, boy, there, there is a ton to get to. The Giants, the Cardinals, the trade with the Dolphins, the, the Bills. What, like the, the winners and losers, that's the theme for today, the winners and the losers, and also the fantasy football impact. So I'm going to chat with Rich Dotson, Dynasty Rich from DynastyNerds.com in about a half-hour time. From nationalfootball.com, college and NFL draft analyst, Dion Caputi is going to be in studio with me for a segment. And again, we are going to roll through this NFL draft and what it now means for the upcoming NFL season. But let's get, there's so much to get to. Let's get to the news and notes in three and out. First down. Okay, so you heard a little bit off the top. New York Giants general manager Dave Gettleman, who went into this draft already with numerous question marks. Numerous, okay, why did you trade Odell Beckham Jr.? You said you didn't sign him to trade him. You don't really know what to believe. You don't know if he's being coy or if he's just not that good at his job, which is strange to say for a guy who's been an executive for 40-something years. So you heard there in the opening, he said, why, I saw three series at the Senior Bowl and I was wowed. Dude, if you actually picked a quarterback because of the Senior Bowl alone, you should be fired immediately. Gettleman is doubling down. Okay, so he feels the replacement for Eli Manning is Daniel Jones. So the other day, he spoke about why he drafted Daniel Jones so high. So high, in fact, when he had a second-round grade, it was with the sixth overall pick. You know, why didn't you wait until 17? Well, I know for a fact there were two teams that would have taken him in front of 17. I know that for a fact. So, it, it, Tom, it's tough. It really is. It wasn't, it wasn't easy for me to pass up Josh Allen. That was, you know, that for me, you know, in my background, that was very, very difficult. But I think that much of Daniel Jones. If you got a hoodwink to think other teams, two other teams were going to take Daniel Jones at six, Gettleman, you are a fool. Straight up. I don't know a nicer way to say it. Because Daniel Jones was not going to be taken by anybody else at 16. I would wager he wouldn't have been taken by anybody else at 17, which was the extra first-round pick the Giants got in the OBJ trade with the Cleveland Browns. They traded up again into the, into the first round at 30 to get cornerback DeAndre Baker. Now, I actually don't mind that pick. That's okay. You could have got Daniel Jones there, and I bet you could have waited until the day two to get him. But no, 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 he goes 
with the sixth overall pick. This is the scouting report on Daniel Jones after the Giants drafted him. Okay? So listen to this. We all know how, how nice and, and bland Eli Manning is. They said Daniel Jones has Eli Manning's personality with less pizzazz. Yeah. That's what you're getting. His knock is that he's not a great on-field leader. That's great size. He's 6'5". Everything else is average. Very average. This is somebody I thought maybe the Patriots would look at a bit later as a guy they can just kind of develop and try to flip because of size. But he does everything average. And his internal clock, when pass rushers are coming for him, is not great either. This is a debacle of a pick. An absolute debacle of a pick for a New York Giants team that usually, historically, has picked pretty safe and done the right thing. But what a absolute joke. All right, let's move on. Second down. Now, the other very controversial picks that were coming out was courtesy of the Arizona Cardinals. Talked about it on the pre-draft show here on TSN 1050. Were they going to take Kyler Murray? The consensus was yes. But then the question was, all right, if you take what would then become the shortest quarterback in the National Football League, the lightest as well as a starter, what do you do with Josh Rosen, who the same general manager, Steve Klein, traded up for in the first round last year to go draft with a different head coach? Klein is on his third head coach in three years and has spent the back-to-back picks in the first round, their first picks, on quarterback. So, okay, the idea was trade Josh Rosen, if that's the, that's the case, before the draft, when you might have a little bit of leverage. They didn't, and they got next to no value for him. To break this down, ESPN's NFL insiders Adam Schefter and Chris Mortensen go over what the deal was. Josh Rosen heading to the Miami Dolphins. The Arizona Cardinals traded Josh Rosen and a 2020 fifth-round draft pick to the Miami Dolphins, and basically the Dolphins get Josh Rosen. Josh Rosen, this particular deal, goes into Miami. He goes in with a favorable contract. The Dolphins get the quarterback they wanted. It really was not a strong trade market for Josh Rosen in this particular case. All the Dolphins had to give up was the the 62nd overall pick in the second round, and again, they get Josh Rosen and a fifth-round pick back from the Arizona Cardinals. Yeah, am I add, Reese, that we're, we're still waiting to get clarity to make sure no 2020 draft pick yeah. is included in this trade with the 2020 pick going to the Arizona Cardinals. But the Cardinals, despite what they were saying, they could not have a quarterback room that had Josh Rosen and Kyler Murray in it and expect it to flourish. So the Dolphins, their, their depth chart was Ryan Fitzpatrick, Jake Ruddick, and Luke Falk, Josh Rosen gives them a chance to be competitive despite this so-called tank for Tua. Brian Flores, their new head coach, he, he is not in the tank. He made that clear at the at the, uh, the owners' meetings when we talked to him. And more, Kyler Murray now is the Arizona Cardinals' official starting quarterback. The player they took with the number one pick moves into the starting role. Basically, the day that he goes out to Arizona to meet the press, meet the coaches, try on his jersey, he gets the starting job as well because Josh Rosen a short time ago was traded to the Miami Dolphins. That was Adam Schefter and Chris Mortensen from ESPN. So not only what I went over before with Steve Klein, firing coaches, drafting Josh Rosen, who I didn't like out of last year's draft either, but 
at least he has some size. He, to me, was the new age Sam Bradford. Injury prone, never finished the season healthy. The Miami Dolphins, I love the value for him. You get a second round pick when you have Ryan Fitzpatrick, Fitzmagic there. And if you don't like Rosen, you didn't give up much for him. And you can still go into next year's draft and get a quarterback. Not that big of a deal, but you have a guy who had a first-round draft grade. Maybe you can develop. Love it for the Dolphins. And you got an extra fifth-round pick. The the Cardinals had to throw in something else so you would take Josh Rosen. What a disaster for the Arizona Cardinals. Now, if we briefly look at the rest of their, their first few picks in the draft, they got round two, 33rd overall, Byron Murphy. Cornerback out of Washington. The cornerbacks were very close together. Byron Murphy, some argued as the best corner in the draft. I had it as Greedy Williams, but Byron Murphy was right there, so I like that pick. This is, again, where it starts to fall off. You have Andy Isabella, wide receiver out of, out of Massachusetts. Okay, Real speedy guy, but he's 5'8". So you have a receiver, your first receiver taken, who is shorter than the shortest quarterback in the league. How are they going to see each other? And he has durability issues. Like he's, I think he's generously listed at 180. So Isabella could get cracked, but he's got speed, a little speedy guy. Um, I think durability is going to be an issue. Then you get Hakeem Butler. People were lauding over that pick in the fourth round. They got Zach Allen before that defensive end. Good situational pass rusher might be able to develop. Again, okay. On the defensive side, okay. Hakeem Butler. I call, looks like Tarzan plays like Jane type of thing. 6'5". If you look at him, you're thinking, my God, this is a quarterback. Problem is, or a wide receiver. Problem is, for wide receivers, you got to catch the ball, right? That's kind of the thing you got to do. For Keem Butler, the knock on him, can't catch the ball well. And when I watched him at the combine, you can tell guys who have natural hands in receiving. You see the position. He fights the ball a lot. So while he may make some spectacular plays, there is no sure thing. He can be, though. Like, you could stack Kyler Murray and Andy Isabella one on top of another. And, and Hakeem Butler would still be taller than them. So you got pieces. The idea is okay at wide receiver, but big questions marks. I still feel the top of next year's draft, because Kyler Murray won't make it healthy through a full year, you hand him the job. This is the other quick thing. I'm frothing at the mouth here on this, these Arizona Cardinals. This is the other thing. People say Russell Wilson. People say Baker Mayfield the size. Okay, Russell Wilson was a third-round pick who had to beat out Matt Flynn. He wasn't given the job. Baker Mayfield had to sit behind Tyrod Taylor. You are giving a five-foot-ten, 190, 195-pound quarterback the keys to your castle, the starting job. This thing is going to go down quick. Mark my words, top three pick next year. You're going to see the Arizona Cardinals right back at the top of the draft. Let's move on. Third down. All right, and um, now after the draft, you get the picks in, right? And then we start looking ahead. Okay, what does this mean for the regular season? Well, friend of show, NFL Network's analytics analyst, Cynthia Freeland, she went over which two teams potentially improve their overall win totals most coming out of the draft. When evaluating a team's draft class, I look at the impact newly acquired players have on expected win totals for their teams this season. No team improved their outlook for the 2019 season more than the Jacksonville Jaguars. By scooping up my number two overall prospect, Josh Allen, with the seventh pick, Jacksonville could lead the NFL in sacks as Allen's presence will help the other Jaguars pass rushers. Scooping up Juwan Taylor in the second round will help keep Nick Foles clean where he excels. 
The Green Bay Packers did a great job of complementing their free agent additions by selecting defensive end Rashawn Gary and safety Darnell Savage in round one. On day two, Green Bay helped Aaron Rodgers and the offense by picking interior lineman Elton Jenkins and tight end Jay Sternberger. Entering the draft, I did not have the Jaguars or the Packers winning their respective divisions. But after strong draft classes, that could change. That was Cynthia Freeland. And I like to pick Savage for the, the Packers. I probably would have taken a little bit later, but it depends on your scheme fit and, and where you go. We'll go over that a little bit later on. But yeah, Jags did well. We'll go over the real... Those are, are two nice, nice teams that did some nice things. We'll go over the real winners and losers in the last segment of the show. But let's get to the poll question. I want to hear from you guys here. At TSN4Downs on Twitter, you can enter the chat live on Twitch TV, twitch.tv slash Live. What team was the biggest loser coming out of the NFL draft? You can vote at TSN4Downs. Is it the Giants? Is it the Raiders? Get into maybe why there later. Is it the Cardinals? Or is it somebody else? Tweet in who? Or again, jump on chat, twitch.tv slash Live. Let me know who you think the biggest loser in the draft is. Leader in the clubhouse so far, 58% Giants. Then the Raiders above the Cardinals? You guys crazy? We'll talk about that next when Dion Caputi comes in studio to join me from nationalfootball.com. Terrific NFL draft and college football analyst. We'll go over the winners and losers of the draft coming up on TSN 4 Downs. Are you looking to do a home renovation? Well, find a local pro at finditrateit.ca. Finditrateit.ca is Canada's trusted directory where thousands of homeowners go to hire home professionals. The team at finditrateit.ca verify home pros and sniff out fake reviews. Post a review of your own home reno experience and search with confidence that you'll get a qualified pro for whatever project is on the to-do list. Only hire a verified professional. Finditrateit.ca is the best choice to find a trusted local pro to take care of your home renovation needs. We're rocking and rolling here, TSN Four Downs NFL Draft Recap Show, TSN 1050, TSN 1050.ca, the iHeartRadio app. If you miss any of the show, you can go to the TSN 1050.ca show page and find the links there. You can also watch and chat live right now on Twitch TV, twitch.tv slash Andy Live. Get us on Twitter at TSN4Downs, at AndyMC81. In studio with me now, writer, great writer for NationalFootball.com. On Twitter, you probably know him better, at NFL Draft Update. It's Dion Caputi in studio with me. Dion, how you doing, bud? I'm doing great, Andy Mac. Thank you for that illustrious intro. Yes. I I, live up to it now. Listen, man, I know you're like me. This is, like, we love football season. We love the games. But there's just something about the draft, right? There's just something about that build up the next set, and and you just get get hungry for it. It's beautiful. Um, And Dion is in studio here, courtesy of finditrateit.ca today, bringing the show to you. Your one-stop website to get quotes, read reviews, and find the best home contracting services near you. Go to finditrateit.ca. you got to try it out. So, Dion, I want to start here. We were talking about some of the winners and losers in the opening segment. One team that I thought really could have set the tone of the draft, and did in some ways, and really had a chance to move themselves into potential wildcard contention was the Oakland Raiders. Three first-round picks. But... It wasn't necessarily to me the players they picked. It was sometimes in the order they picked them. So, like, at their top spot, fourth overall, Cleland Farrell is someone a lot of people thought you could have got later. What do you feel the Raiders' first round? 
Well, they were definitely set to dominate the first round going into the day with three first round picks, obviously. So we were really waiting. Um, we were really waiting to see what they would do to try and sort of take hold of the day. Um, I will offer you an alternative opinion to Cleveland Farrell, though. Uh, At number four overall, while I agree he was an overdrafted commodity, I do like the pick quite a bit. I Mm -hmm. think it's a great culture fit for the Raiders who were trying to set the tone moving into the now uh, general manager Mike Mayock era with John Gruden. Uh, I think it is a great pick in the sense that they needed a physical 4-3 downed end who could set a physical edge. He definitely suits that profile. And after Nick Bosa comes off the board at number two overall, Mm -hmm. it's a long, steep drop-off until the next one in that profile goes in the draft. I believe it was 29th overall to Seattle. So if they were really concerned about losing that profile of player, then, uh, you know, it was a a good pick in that sense, and they certainly wouldn't have gotten him at 24. Yep, and this is, and that's where it comes down to, Deion, I think you make a great point there, in in that if it's the type of, and you hear so often, oh, we draft the best player available. Well, that's always kind of false. It's the best player available to you for your team, what you need. But there were questions. You had Josh Allen on the board, different type of player, right? You had him. What about Ed Oliver, right? He was he was there. But then you go down. So you got question mark with Clellan Farrell, um, uh, one of the big Clemson guys. Then you go down the list, and at 24, you picked up what a lot of mocks had. Marshawn Lynch retires Josh Jacobs. Now, this pick I loved. What did you think of the running back going to Oakland? I like Josh Jacobs. He's a running back who comes into the league with very low mileage, mm-hmm. part of a big stable of backs, which is customary at Alabama. I do like the pick in the sense that they want to become a more physical team. John Gruden is a, a big proponent of pounding the rock. That's a style that he carried with him from Tampa Bay and onward. Yep. Now, the Cleveland Farrell pick was all Mike Mayock. This one has John Gruden written all over it. Sure. And you got to love it in that sense because, again, he plays that physical downhill-type style of running, and it really helps set the tone for what they want to do offensively as well, too. So they're going to be a running team. They want to take a lot of the pressure off Derek Carr moving forward. So I do like this pick. And then they finish it off. And, again, I do like this pick with Jonathan Abram, the safety. Many people had him as the top-ranked safety in this draft. You could have gone a little bit back and forth in, in some areas, but I really liked the, the pick there. Now, Darnell Savage, if we flip to Green Bay for a second, that pick, what did you think of that? I thought Darnell Savage, again, when you get to this in this draft, that secondary group, I felt a lot were really clumped together, very close grades, so it came down more to scheme fit. But to me, Jonathan Abram was the best one, so Oakland had to be thrilled that that the pack took Darnell Savage. What do you think of that pick for the for the, the the Packers there and then the Raiders? I think it was a great pick for for the Packers in the sense that they still are continuing to show a commitment to rebuilding their secondary. Yes. Yeah. Obviously in a division where you now have Kirk Cousins who is you know a guy who throws the ball 30 40 times a game in a lot of cases, Matt Stafford still an aerial quarterback. Um, you want to be able to really set um, a certain presence in the secondary and I think Darnell Savage a really complete player rose late in the process, someone who I really believed would be the first safety taken and I wasn't surprised in that sense. Now, I'm a little surprised he went as high as 21, but right. still a very good player and I think the most complete safety in the draft. Now, switching gears to Jonathan Abram, a guy who, again, suits that John Gruden-type mold. He likes mm-hmm. the physical football players. Yep. He likes the kind of guy who can really dominate at the line of scrimmage, be a really good box defender, and also lay the wood and uh, um, coming up from the secondary, uh, making hits on receivers over the middle as well, too. So I, I think it's a great culture fit for the Oakland Raiders, too. Um, I was a little surprised that Two safeties win the first round, though. Yeah, that that surprised me. And as as few wide receivers, maybe more names so, like DK Metcalf, I thought that fall, I know he wasn't a perfect prospect, but Dion, I call it on TSN four downs each year, I get what I call a combine crush, right? You watch the tape, but then somebody was like, my God, right? Saquon Barkley was it for me the other year. This year it was a DK Metcalf and Montez Sweat. 
I know he's not perfect, but to have him fall that far in the draft, did that surprise you? Because the, the measurables, I can teach footwork. I can teach you to run more routes. I can't teach 6'3 and a half, 230 pounds, who runs as fast as T.Y. Hilton. That's why I was so surprised he fell. But what a steal for Seattle, I think. And then Pete Carroll was, went to tarp off as well when he, <laughs> in, in the video when they introduced each other. How cool was that? Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, you can't teach 2% body fat. No. And, uh, when you see him take his shirt off in the same room as D.K. Metcalf, it's a little frightening for the viewers at home. So it's maybe a good thing that we're a radio program. But, yes, yes, yes. Uh, look, as far as D.K. Metcalf sliding to the very last pick of the second round, I think you make a good point that from a talent perspective, it's definitely a major bargain there. Mm-hmm. I think you need to be con- uh, considerate of two things as far as the slide, though. In this case, D.K. Metcalf had neck injuries in 2017. Very concerning from a medical perspective when you're talking about drafting these guys with premium picks. Right. So I do think in the late second round portion of the draft, you're getting better value for what you can get there. And as well, uh, teams were very concerned about the combine short shuttle, these three-cone things, uh, the three-cone drills. They, they seem to be very uh, trivial in the grand scheme mm-hmm. of things, but you're talking about a big, stiff receiver who might not be very good in short areas, but he's found a great fit in Seattle, uh, a downfield passing team who likes to find one-on-one matchups on the boundary. So I yep. do really like the fit here, though. Especially with Doug Baldwin maybe contemplating retirement. Like That's, that's a nice, extra, big-bodied, more dynamic possible version of Doug, uh, Doug Baldwin. And I'll give you one more, too, on to, to that point. If Doug Baldwin actually is no longer going to be playing in the NFL, they did draft Gary, they did draft Gary Jennings yes. as well, who is another better scheme fit for uh, the Seattle Seahawks now, too. And again, a guy who made the most contested catches in all of college mm-hmm. football last season, suits a similar profile that DK Metcalf suits, and I think this is another great scheme fit, and they've done very well to add non-first-round receivers who will come in and contribute immediately and be a great fit within this Russell Wilson-led offense. Yeah, I agree. I think that is a, a excellent, um, two excellent additions there to the Seahawks. They had a nice little draft in studio with me at NFL Draft Update on Twitter. It's Dion Caputi writes for NationalFootball.com So Dion, let's get your, your Twitter poll vote here, man. Okay? I put out there maybe it's a little bit of a negative take, but uh, I found the negative really outweighed some of the positive in this draft at TSN4Downs on Twitter. You can vote in the chat room, twitch.tv slash Live. Which team was the biggest loser in your mind coming out of the NFL draft? And I put in there the Giants, the Raiders from the question mark standpoint, the Cardinals or other in tweet in who and we had at AWIII75 tweet in says Tampa Bay Bucks. He thinks the Bucks are the biggest losers. Um, leader in the clubhouse is the Giants at 59. Raiders 26 and the Cards at just 7%. Feel to go there or go off the board. Who is the biggest loser in your mind? Look, I'll throw a, I'll, I'll preface this by saying that it's very difficult for me to give winners and losers in the sense that you don't really know how these guys. Sure, it's them. it's so tough. Yeah, yeah. But at the same time, you talk about how teams did from a value perspective. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go off the board here a little bit. Okay. I'm going to give you the Detroit Lions, a team mm-hmm. that I was a little bit surprised about how they operated at the top of the draft. I think they did pretty well to get T.J. Hawkinson. Still, for me, uh, a relatively limited player in mm-hmm. the sense that I think you like him more for his blocking than his receiving skills. And if you're drafting a tight end in the top 10. He better be a freak specimen like Vernon Davis. Sure. He better be able to stretch the field. And TJ Hawkinson is just a good receiver. A guy who can eat up receptions, do some nice things after the catch, but not really hurt you and devastate you in that sense. So I think it was a good pick, but you like the blocking factor there a bit more. And Matt Patricia, a coach who, again, wants to be a little bit more in the physical, mm-hmm. strong, big-bodied big Bill Belichick mold that he comes from with New England. Moving on to the second round, you grab a, a linebacker who was drafted a two or three rounds a little bit premature. You get guys all over the board who are just not uh, great 
uh, value for the rounds that they were selected. So for me, I, I would just like to see the Lions do a little bit better from a value perspective. And there was certainly a lot more talent on the board at those positions nice. when they were picking. I, and you know what? That is that is fair. It's not. It's something where it wasn't as as drastic. Let's say as like the Cardinals taking Kyler Murray or the Giants even more so taking Daniel Jones. Um, Dion, you know what, man? We're out of time for this segment, but we're going to be doing some TSN four downs off season segments at the beginning of June and May beginning of June. I'd love to have you come back on and we can kind of go into more depth about what these teams, what the Giants, Cardinals, etc., are doing and looking forward to into 2019. Definitely looking forward to it, Andy. Awesome, Thank dude. You. Thanks, brother. Okay, after the break, the fantasy football implications of this NFL draft. My guy, Dynasty Rich, Rich Dotson from DynastyNerds.com, will join me next on TSN 1050. All right, everybody, we're back. TSN Four Downs NFL Draft Recap Show here on TSN 1050, tsn1050.ca, the iHeartRadio app. You can get us on Twitter at TSN Four Downs. Vote in the poll of who is the biggest loser. What team is the biggest loser coming out of the NFL Draft? You can go off the board like Dion Caputi did from nationalfootball.com. He said the Lions, you could go Raiders, you could go Cardinals, you could go Giants, you could go somebody else. We have a vote for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers as well, and another for the Lions. But coming out of each NFL draft, after you go through the prospects, what always jumps out to me is, okay, what does this mean for the upcoming fantasy football season? How does this affect my fantasy football draft? And a guy who is one of the best in the business and one of my favorites to talk to, Dynasty Rich. Rich Dotson from DynastyNerds.com on the line now. Rich, how's it going, brother? Andy, going good. Always good to be back on Talk Fantasy Football. Oh, no doubt. Listen, before we get into into the deep dive here, you're in Cleveland. You're a Browns fan. I am currently wearing my Woke Up Feeling Dangerous official Baker Mayfield shirt that I paid 35 U.S. for. It's a bit, of a, bit, a bit steep, but I paid it. What did you think of the Browns draft coming out? Greedy Williams, I thought, was a great value off the top. Yeah, that's fantastic value. Getting, getting somebody who was projected as a first-round pick. Uh, bone to you in the middle of the second round there. Big, tall, athletic cornerback. The offsets Denzel Ward really, really nice. You gotta love what the Browns in the first round at number 17 overall getting Odell Beckham Jr. I mean, that's just a game changer for a franchise. So, you gotta be happy. You know, the Browns had to focus on defense after that uh, Odell Beckham trade, and that's exactly what they did. They even shored up the kicker position. So, I feel really good. I already felt great about the Browns going into the 2019 season. Feels even better now with Greedy Williams opposite of Denzel Ward. Yeah, yeah, you have that. The defense really put, really elevated, I think, depth-wise. And the great thing about how John Dorsey built this team out was you don't have to push anybody into starting roles immediately. And, and that's where I think the value comes. So great look for the Browns coming out of the draft. But from the fantasy football side, when we look at everything here, Rich, what jumped out to you from the first round as far as value, fantasy impact? Give me kind of your big picture first round fantasy football take. Well, you get Josh Jacobs going there to Oakland. He's going to be their three down running back. Absolutely loved him coming out of Oakland, you know, Alabama, five foot ten, two twenty. Had a real good pro day with a four five two. Just a true three down running back, physical, elusive. Catches the ball well. Great size, great vision, hands, burst. He's a really solid prospect who's going to get the ball a ton out there in Oakland. So he's, he's going to elevate himself. And what's nice about a guy like Josh Jacobs, even Miles Sanders, and David Montgomery, these are guys in your fantasy football draft 
they're for the most part, they're going to slip a little bit. And rookie running back is the number one position that can come in and help you win your fantasy league right out the gate. I love grabbing me some shares of these guys. Josh Jacobs in the first round, terrific. Marquise Brown, he's an offensive position. He went to the, the Ravens out there, athletic. They're making that team a very athletic team. I'm not a big Marquise Brown fan when it comes to fantasy football. I think he's going to help an NFL team more so than a, a, a actual fantasy football team and definitely with his size that's a worry lamar jackson's accuracy that's an that's a big worry there Nikhil harry goes to the patriots at the end of the first round he was my number one receiver coming out of this draft and he actually lends in a position where he's gonna be heavily targeted there there's not a lot of receiver action going out there in new england right now you got julian elliman you got philip dorsett Nikhil harry's the better receiver right out the gate no more Gronkowski. a lot of targets go around there i do like him out there in New England. T.J. Hawkinson goes to the Lions. You have Noah Fant going to the Denver Broncos. Both viable options. You have Noah Fant, who's not an in-line receiver. He's a move tight end. So he's going to be viable right away with Joe Flacco. I mean, we all know the Ravens. All they do is acquire tight ends. So as soon as Joe Flacco gets to, gets to Denver, what does he say to John Elway? Hey, go give me some more tight ends. And they do. And Iowa's Noah Fant. He's a really good receiving tight end. And T.J. Hawkinson is one of the most complete tight ends I've seen come out of the draft in a long time. He's going to go out there to Detroit right away and contribute. The only thing you have to worry about is Matt Stafford there, you know, and hopefully he doesn't overthrow him. But I can see T.J. Hawkinson coming here and be a tight end one right out the gate. That goes for Noah Fan as well. Rich Dotson of DynastyNerds.com. Get him on Twitter at DynastyRich. TSN 4 Downs NFL Draft Recap Show brought to you by FindItRateIt.ca, your one-stop website to get quotes, read reviews, to find the best home contracting services near you. Don't get caught off guard. Find the best at FindItRateIt.ca. Now, Rich, you mentioned the running back and tight end position, and when we look big picture going into this year's fantasy football draft, those are two huge spots of concern because, one, Gronk, who was for years of course, all right, draft Gronk and Kelsey and maybe Ertz, and then you kind of just pick up the scraps from there. Well, Gronk's gone, and he wasn't himself last year anyway. On the running back side, you had Todd Gurley with arthritis issues who, oh my, you lose potentially one of the true bell cow backs left in the NFL because there's so many committees. So do you feel people maybe will either sleep a bit on Josh Jacobs or maybe even overdraft him because of the issues with uh, Todd Gurley? For Josh Jacobs? Yeah, to, to have somebody like that. Because if Gurley, if people start getting nervous about that arthritis, is that somebody who maybe gets overdrafted or because it's not necessarily the sexiest name and people don't know that much about I, him yet? I, I, feel like jo- I feel like Todd Gurley is going to be somewhat of a value because everybody's so worried now that yep. I've seen him for all the best ball drafts I've been doing right now over the last month. So he's looking right around pick six, five, seven. So it's pretty good value. But, yeah, like you mentioned, the, the people sleep on these rookie running backs. They're going to be really good value in the third, fourth round. I mean, three down running backs are hard to come by as it is right now. It's a committee league. So these guys that get tons of carries, they're going to be the guys. And Josh Jacobs, I mean, he does have Jalen Rashard out there to be the pass catcher and running back. David Montgomery's offset by Tariq Cohen. Miles Sanders, I honestly think Miles Sanders is probably in the best position of all these rookie running backs to have the most success year one in Philadelphia. I mean, I love me some Miles Sanders. And everybody's going to come at you and say, well, they do a running back by committee. They do a running back by committee out there. Don't Sanders is going to be hurt by that. No, you do a running back by committee when you have running backs that can only be running backs by committee. That's why you do that. If you have a bell cow running back who's fantastic, 
then you ride that guy. And that's exactly what Miles Sanders is. He's only a one-year starter, so now people are going to be all up on Miles Sanders. Tate, but this is, you're talking about a guy who is a top high school prospect, five-star recruit. He's only got 276 carries. He's got hips so loose he might as well be on Dancing with the Stars. He's a fantastic <laughs> running back coming out of Penn State that lands on the Eagles with a terrific offense. I love Mal Sanders. Uh, I, when it comes to fantasy football, if it's a guy that I want to make sure I get my hands on this year, Miles Sanders is one of them. Put you in a position, if you have to, early, grab a good stud running back early, then go receiver, receiver, tight end, kind of fill those holes, and then Josh Jacobs, Miles Sanders on the back end, and you, you'd come away with, from an average perspective, people are like, wow, you're a little bit iffy at running back, but I would say you'd be very strong going this season at that position. Rich, if we looked at for a moment the Buffalo Bills backfield, going into the draft, it looked like a, a strange geriatric community with Frank Gore, LaShawn McCoy, then TJ Yeldon coming in. Now they draft Devin Singletary out of Florida, who I, I like. This is a guy in the third round. I think it's a nice value pick for the Bills. But when you look from fantasy side, this could be a gong show. Are you touching any of these Bills running backs? Because I don't think we're looking at anybody for an RB1, but when you have that many bodies in, if everybody's on the roster, it's a bit of a guessing game to think, okay, is Singletary going to come in later in the year? Do you go with a more proven guy? Like, What do you think of the Bills' backfield? Yeah, that's a very interesting take there, Andy, because it, it is, it's a, it's a smorgasbord of old and young. They just signed TJ Yeldon to a two-year contract, and I like TJ Yeldon. I thought it was a great land spot. It looks like LaShawn McCoy's days are numbered out there. Like you mentioned, they, they signed Frank Gore. They, they drafted Devin Singletary out of Florida Atlantic. He's five foot seven, two oh seven, and he scored a touch, ton of touchdowns in college. He had 66 touchdowns in three years. So 32 in 2017, led all college football, and then 22 in 2018. And this is a guy who catches the ball well, too. I think it's going to be a Devin Singletary-TJ Yeldon combination. Uh, I think they need a decent amount of running backs. So I think this is a team that's going to want to run the football a lot in 2019, a lot. So it is I'm, – I'm kind of staying clear until we can get a little bit of shakeup of how this is going to play out, who's going to be the last more man standing. This is going to be kind of Game of Thrones kind of thing we have going on here. <laughs> who's going to be sitting on the throne when, it, when, it, when the season starts? we got to wait and see. Let's not put our alliances in the wrong team over here so we can come out of this thing unscathed. Yeah, exactly. I love that. Great great job. Great conversation with Rich Dotson of DynastyNerds.com on Twitter at DynastyRich. Uh, you mentioned the wide receivers a little bit here. Now, Rich, you know on Twitter, I know you're not necessarily the, the hugest DK Metcalf fan. I I am. I think the Seahawks got a hell of a value there um, where they got him late in the second round, especially with Doug Baldwin looking to go. Uh, you got Jennings also going there. When we look at the Seattle Seahawks, I don't know about you, but most years, the, the last little while, it's been... All right, well, I know Russell Wilson's going to be good. Um, he could throw to any number of wide receivers we don't know, or he'll just run it himself, and the running back's been a, a bit of a committee disaster. Are you more more bullish now with their draft on the Seattle Seahawks picks, fantasy-wise, going into this season? Well, I was never big, like you mentioned, I'm, never a big, I'm not a big DK Metcalf fan. I think he's a very good, viable option for an NFL team again. I don't think he's a really great fantasy option. I mean, he's big. He's fast, but going to run two routes to come back in the go route. He's a 9.1% drop rate. No thanks. He's big. He's fast. He's muscular. But I, that's not something I'm going to trust to put in my fantasy football lineup. Seattle's a run-first team. They took Rashad Penny in the last first round last year. Chris Carson's a very solid running back. Look for them to do what they always do, which is run the ball a ton. And then their number one receiver, hands down, with the best route runner on that team, is going to be Tyler Lockett. They have David Moore, who's shown some promise as well. It's going to be DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett probably locked in that starting lineup. But from fantasy-wise, 
again, I mean, the only guy that I'm really locked in this year on Seattle that I, I feel like I want in all my leagues is Tyler Lockett. Uh, even some people are going to be worried about him because we look at touchdown regression. So I am not about DK Metcalf. He needs a lot of work, uh, Andy, a lot of work. He's got he's, His hips are tight. I mean, Tom Brady ran a faster three-cone drill than DK Metcalf. Oh. That's gross. <laughs> Good Lord. That I did not know. That is uh, That might be a bit concerning there. Uh, <laughs> Rich, let's end on this note. Quarterbacks, okay? Now, when we look coming out of the draft, right, we, we take a peek. Who's going to start? Rookie quarterbacks, always a little dicey. Baker Mayfield, our guy, right? We, we know he's going to be a nice option and probably take him pretty high as far as quarterback goes in fantasy drafts this year. The only true one that is going to start day one is a quarterback I absolutely think is going to be a bust um, in, that, in Kyler Murray. But that's going to be the only true starter out of day one. Are you Where are you seeing or feeling Kyler Murray might go or should go on fantasy teams? Are you biting on him? Okay, you never, ever, ever. Here's a rule for it: in a, in a fantasy football league that starts, and it's just a one, it's a redraft league. You never, ever take a rookie quarterback. Never. Yeah, yeah I agree. Uh, you know, they're, they're going to be on your waiver wire down the road. I know Josh Allen last year finished the season really strong, almost his quarterback one overall on the rushing ability. But that's what you're going to hope you're going to get out of Kyler Murray. He's a very He's got a really good arm. He's really accurate. He's going to have some really young weapons out there in Christian Kirk, Hakeem Butler, Andy Isabella, Larry Fitz is a safety man out there. They still got David Johnson. You're going to hope that he utilizes his running game. But Kyler Murray, he didn't like necessarily look to run the ball at Oklahoma. And with that size, I'm sure they're going to try and protect him and try to make sure he's not a running uh, quarterback. With that offensive line in Arizona, too, though, he might have to run to save his life. So, when it comes to rookie quarterbacks, I mean, I'm not looking at any for this year. It's just, it's more of just an long-term look in dynasty leagues. Dwayne Haskins was my number one quarterback coming to this draft. I know he's a third quarterback taken in the draft, but he's definitely still my no, number one quarterback. Kyler Murray is very intriguing, but he's also got a lot to worry about with that size. 100% agree. And Dwayne Haskins was my number one for sure as well. And he said, the, the league done wrong. I think he's damn right, Rich. I think he's going to be yeah, a stud. That, I really like what Washington did in this draft. Me too. I mean, Me too. That's been getting a lot of things wrong. They did a lot right in this draft. They came away with a lot of assets and pairing up Dwayne Haskins with Terry McLaurin. That's going to be a great pick. And Montez Sweat came back in the first round with the top edge defenders as well. They did a really good job this weekend. Like Rich, I see it just uh, quickly before. Um, it's almost a similar situation to what Baker Mayfield was in last year with Tyrod Taylor. You have Case Keenum, who is clearly a placeholder guy. We knew that one year in the Vikings it was a, a mirage. Uh, and, and it allows Dwayne Haskins to sit. And if need be, I would not be surprised at all if we see him come in uh, sooner rather than later in the season. Maybe again, depending how things go or injuries, week four, five, six, I, maybe I the bye. I definitely see that. Yeah. yeah, I could definitely see Dwayne Haskins getting there for sure. And then another guy on that team for fantasy purposes, not again this year, but a guy to keep your eye on. They got Kelvin Harmon in the sixth round out of NC State. He's a really solid wide receiver that I was really perplexed on how he dropped so much. He's not, the, he's not a burner, but he's got great hands and works to edge uh, outside lines very, very well. Washington's going to be a very intriguing team going there, coming forward with Darius Geis, Dwayne Haskins, Terry McLaurin, and Kelvin Harmon. It's, uh, it's going to be a nice, uh, fancy outlook. Absolutely. Well, Rich, uh, we're going to be doing some off-season TSN 4-down shows, so let's get, let's get you back on in a few weeks and, and uh, as the draft settles and go over some more fantasy options for next year. Thanks so much, man. Absolutely. Always a pleasure. You guys have a good one.
All right, you two. That is Rich Dotson. Make sure you subscribe to his podcast. Go to DynastyNerds.com. Does a tremendous job, especially for Dynasty Leagues. Make sure you follow him at Dynasty Rich and at Dynasty Nerds on Twitter. Going to take the break, and I'm going to give you my top winners and losers of the NFL draft. We'll recap the poll question. You can still vote at TSN 4 Downs. Who's the biggest loser? Is it the Cardinals? Is it the Giants? Is it the Raiders? Is it somebody else? We have votes for the Bucks. We have votes for the Lions. Who is it? Wrapping up the TSN 4 Downs NFL draft recap show on TSN 1050 after this. Are you looking to do a home renovation? Well, find a local pro at finditrateit.ca. Finditrateit.ca is Canada's trusted directory where thousands of homeowners go to hire home professionals. The team at finditrateit.ca verify home pros and sniff out fake reviews. Post a review of your own home reno experience and search with confidence that you'll get a qualified pro for whatever project is on the to-do list. Only hire a verified professional. Finditrateit.ca is the best choice to find a trusted local pro to take care of your home renovation needs. NFL Draft Recap Edition of TSN 4 Downs. TSN 1050, TSN 1050.say, the iHeartRadio app. Follow us on Twitter at TSN 4 Downs. Myself at AndyMC81. And make sure you're watching and chatting right now, like so many people are, on Twitch TV, twitch.tv slash AndyMacLive. Uh, get in the conversation there as well. The question being, folks, who had the worst draft? That's what we've been asking. The winners and the losers. So I'm going to go over my winners and losers of the draft now. And by the way, this show brought to you by finditrateit.ca. They're new. Check them out. Finditrateit.ca, your one-stop website to get quotes, read reviews, to find the best home contracting services near you. Don't get fooled. Don't get somebody you can't trust. Get someone you can trust. And you get that on finditrateit.ca. Finditrateit.ca. So the poll question so far, and you can still vote there at TSN4Downs and choose a note in the uh, chat room here at twitch.tv slash Live. Which team was the biggest loser in the NFL draft? Was it the Giants? Was it the Raiders? Was it the Cardinals? Or was it somebody else? Well, we had a vote for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, vote for the Texans, vote for the Lions. But leading the way, overwhelming the Giants at 63%, Raiders at 23%, which is surprising to me. Cardinals and other tied at 7%. This was close. Going into the draft, I was, I was predetermined that my answer to this question was going to be the Arizona Cardinals. Because I knew they would take Kyler Murray, and right there, you pretty much lost me. Because you have a guy, you are handing a five foot ten quarterback the starting job. Handing it to him. You're not making him earn it like Russell Wilson or Baker Mayfield. Heck, Drew Brees was even traded from San Diego to New Orleans. He had to earn it. No, no, no. You have Kyler Murray, who, day before the draft, was due to appear at a charity event, no-showed because he had something else to do. That's his words. Something else to do. That's the type of guy you're getting. I'm not buying. He is going to be a colossal bust. I've been saying it for months. You can track it, tweet it, put it down. And if I'm wrong, man, I, I will be shocked. I, I know I won't be. But this guy is going to be a bust. And Steve Klein, the GM of the Cardinals, there should be an over-under of which or, or a pick in Vegas of what network he's going to be talking NFL on next year because his ass is going to be fired. He's that bad. But the biggest loser to me has to be the New York Giants. It just has to be. I tried talking myself out of it because I wanted it to be the Cardinals. But guys, when you take when you take Daniel Jones out of Duke, okay, as 
the six overall pick, your first pick, you had a six pick, you had a 17 pick, and then they traded back in at 30. Daniel Jones was rated as, in, in everywhere, the fourth best quarterback in this draft. Pick your boys in between Haskins and Murray. I had Dwayne Haskins. I had Drew Locke underneath him. Then Murray. Then Daniel Jones. I just went over with you how much I dislike Kyler Murray as a starter. Daniel Jones, to me, high-end backup. He's not much different to me than when the Giants drafted Davis Webb as just a guy behind Eli. He has zero personality. He has his, The question marks on his scouting report was leadership. It was also internal clock. That means when you can feel pressure. The great quarterbacks can feel it. They can sense when they have to get rid of the ball. Daniel Jones doesn't have that. Now he's 6'5". He's more mobile than Eli. Most people are. But this is somebody that you could have got easily at 17 and that would have been too high. You could have traded back in at 30 and got him and I probably would have been okay with it. And you could have got him most likely in the second round. Drew Locke's falling was absolutely shocking to me. That value there for the Denver Broncos. The Broncos, you want to talk about a winner on that pick alone? And you add in Noah Fant as a weapon for uh, uh, Joe Flacco out there in Denver? Broncos you could consider as a winner in this draft. You can develop Drew Locke, size, nice touch. Is he perfect? No. None of these quarterbacks are perfect. But the fact that they took Daniel Jones, disaster for David Gettleman. Okay, so that is a big old thumbs down. Then at 17, you take Dexter Lawrence out of Clemson. Now, I like this pick. Okay, this is a nice standard Giants draft. You get your, your big guy right in the middle of the defensive line. That's good. 17, cool. I'm okay with that. Then you get um, DeAndre Baker, cornerback out of Georgia, at 30. Now, with with the the Dexter Lawrence pick, it's it's something where I think it's going to get more of a negative rap because that's the pick you gave up for Odell Beckham Jr. So you didn't get anything to help Eli Manning, and you wasted by the way that sixth pick when you're saying that you want another couple of years out of Eli. Then go get him a weapon, go get him something he can use. He can't use Daniel Jones, but then you get DeAndre Baker corner. The the cornerbacks in this draft were very closely rated, so I'm fine with I'm fine with that. Then you get an edge guy who's eh, and, and then you, you really go down that draft for the Giants. Nothing special. The only pick I really like is Baker and Lawrence was okay, but nothing overwhelming. Dave Gettleman, I think, is another guy who is going to be fired. He's going to be gone. Now, when we get to winners of this draft, and who would have thought we'd say this, folks? When we were entering the draft on Thursday in Nashville, Dan Snyder, owner of the Washington Redskins, who is right up there in Crazyville with Jerry Jones as far as eccentric and, and unpredictable. He told his GM, his coach, everyone who did all the scouts, all the hard work, he's like, guys, I'm going to handle the first round. Last time he did that, he traded uh, everything for Robert Griffin III. We know how that worked out. One good year, knee blew out, bye-bye. Now he's backing up Lamar Jackson in Baltimore. So I thought they were going to do something crazy, trade up, just go do something stupid like Dan Snyder would do. Couldn't be further from the truth. Washington won the first round. They won the first round. I said it on Twitch TV, twitch.tv slash Andy Mac Live when we did the watch along. We were at the NFL Canada draft party in Toronto uh, and on Twitter. They won it because you stood, Pat, you stayed at 15 and you got, in my mind, the number one quarterback in this draft in Dwayne Haskins. The number one QB. It sure as hell ain't Daniel Jones. And I don't think it's Kyler Murray, not by a long shot. 
The thing is, Haskins and Murray both were one-year starters, so you're going to have question marks. If I'm going to take a risk on a guy, I'll do it for the one with a cannon arm, who's 6'3 and a half, 230 pounds, who was playing in a style of, of offense in college that was not suited him. It's a running style offense. He's a pro-ready quarterback. Still has some issues to work out. But this guy, 50 touchdowns, 5,000 yards in a system that wasn't meant for him. And you stay at 15 and get him, and you can have him ease in with Case Keenum. That might have been a check mark to win the first round on its own. But they had the second first round pick, 26 overall, and you got my guy. The other combine crush for me, Montez Sweat out of Mississippi State. A misdiagnosed heart condition. Misdiagnosed at the combine. Had him fall. I had him as the second best pass rusher in this draft behind Nick Bosa. This is a guy, folks, if you haven't, check the, check the YouTube, check his tape, check the combine. Six foot six, so he's the size of a house. He's 260. He's as wide as a house. But he can run a faster 40-yard dash, 4.40, faster than Zeke Elliott, faster than Antonio Brown. So when you have a little zippy quarterback like Kyler Murray running around or these smaller QBs, Montez Sweat is faster than you, he's bigger than you, and he's going to eat you. You have a tremendous edge set now with Montez Sweat. So right there, you win. Then you go to the third round for Washington, and you get Terry McLaurin out of Ohio State. You get Dwayne Haskins' target. You have that instant chemistry, and you win that. What a draft for Washington. I never thought I'd say that. Buffalo, I thought, also great value. You stay put. You get, you get Ed Oliver. You get Ed Oliver at nine, who some people had ranked in the top three in this draft. And that happened in part because of the weird Daniel Jones pick. So you have Ed Oliver right uh, uh, right in the middle for the Buffalo Bills. That is, you get a, a pocket collapser. Pocket collapser, a la Aaron Darnold. Not the same level right now. But you collapse the pocket. That allows your edge rushers to come in behind and the quarterback can't escape. Then you add protection to Josh Allen, which you needed, and push for that those running backs with Cody Ford, who was a first-round grade in the second round. Great job. And then we talked about Devin Singletary running back as well. Great draft for the Bills. Folks, I could do this for three, four hours, but we're out of time. We're going to talk about it more on Twitch tomorrow, twitch.tv slash Live, 10 a.m. on uh, Fantasy Breakfast there. Join me there. We're going to have TSN four downs uh, coming up, some off-season specials in the next couple weeks, so follow on Twitter at TSN four downs, at AndyMC81. Thank you so much to all of our guests and for finditrate.ca for sponsoring the show today. That'll do it. So for Sean, so for Tashi, I'm Andy McNamara. You've been listening to TSN four downs NFL Draft Recap Show.